0: It's Thursday, June 2nd, and this is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Asset Management, Bill Mann, from Hidden Gems, Charlie Travers, and from Million Dollar Portfolio, Ron Gross. Guys, good to see you as always. Hey, Chris. For profit education companies get some good news. Some Ivy League professors say they can predict the future, and the food pyramid is getting the boot all of those stories in a moment. But guys, we will begin with the dog days of June. If history is any indication, it could be a rough month for investors. June ranks dead last in monthly performance for the Dow Jones Industrial Average over the last 20 years. So, we're kind of off to a rough start. Um, (laughs) uh, It's It's been a day. day, But still, it's off to a rough start. Um, But I mean, given the historical data, Bill Mann, I'll start with you. Should investors care? How much credence should we give this?
1: I mean ultimately no. But let's not, you know, let's let let's let's call a spade a spade. The reason why there are month by month cycles is because there are cash flow cycles. I mean, you know, there's taxes, there you know, there's there there are all sorts of reasons that there are better months and worth worse months. Ultimately, what you're trying to do is buy a company that's cheap. And so I wouldn't sit around waiting for June 29th, hoping things are cheaper, but I mean, it's a real thing and it's based, it's based not on
0: just, you know, randomness. What do you think, Ron? Yeah,
2: as, as a former hedge fund guy, I've read a, a bunch of different studies on this, and, and it depends what time you uh, frame you measure from. Yeah. And then there's other tweaks to it. It depends what year of the presidential cycle we're in. Yeah. It depends if you're in a tightening monetary phase or an easing monetary phase. You could basically drive yourself crazy depending you know, on which study you want to believe in. And and, and,
1: and, and Ron's <laughs> most of the way there already. Yeah, <laughs> so it's,
2: <laughs> a, it's a short leap. And also, from a practical matter, it's not very easy to liquidate an entire mutual fund, hedge fund, or portfolio, and yep. then buy it all back in November. Um, you can rotate to some defensive stocks, perhaps, if you want to take a middle ground.
0: But for the most part, you know, for long-term investors, to, to play this game is probably a losing battle. All right. So let's name some names. Is there a, a Dow component? Uh, or you can go outside the Dow if you want. But is there a stock out there that you think, you know what, it doesn't matter what kind of June it has. I know that 10 years from now, 20 years from now, um, I'm going to be feeling good about this stock. Ron?
2: I think Coca-Cola is pretty safe. I think people will be drinking Coca-Cola well into the future, all months, all years, all presidential (laughs) cycles, Republicans,
3: Democrats. Charlie, what do you think? Is is the Dow even relevant anymore? It's like 30 stocks.
0: There are some big-name stocks there. Yeah. uh, Is GE relevant?
3: No. No. (laughs) No. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, I'd go Johnson & Johnson. It's kind of a uh, healthcare stalwart. I like that they have a balance of drugs, medical devices, and consumer health. Uh, keeps them away from the feast and famine of a pure-play drug company, but a little more zing than just a pure consumer products.
1: Bill? Uh, I'd say Walmart, simply because if you know, uh, it has gotten so cheap over the last decade. I mean, Walmart, the stock has done really nothing, but the company itself has had some fairly astounding results over the last decade.
0: Shares of for-profit education companies are up today after the U.S. Department of Education released new regulations that are less stringent Than the industry had feared. Charlie, this is an industry that you watch. Uh, What was your take? I'm shocked. I'm (laughs) shocked, Chris, that
3: heavy, (laughs) intense lobbying resulted in watered down regulations. It's Uh, it's never happened before. No, (laughs) this is historic. (laughs) Uh, No, uh, you know, the the writing was on the wall months ago uh, after the initial, you know, kind of criteria were floated out there. And then they go back to discussions, which really means, wow, you really angered people and they don't like it. And we can't crack down quite that hard. Uh, But no, this was, we knew this was. coming, you didn't know exactly what the numbers were going to be, uh, but that's not surprising to any of the analysts in here who follow this space.
1: Did I get this right? They said
3: that the floor is 35% have to be paying back their loans? One dollar of your loans. It's not even just making like all your annual payments.
1: <laughs> Could you imagine a- any other segment, like car loans? Well, you know, if you've got 35% of your people paying back your car loans, that's a debacle. for Absolutely, you know. yeah.
0: So, you're bearish. It sounds like on in
1: this. Industry. No, I'm just saying that the government standards i mean, I guess they're just slinging around government money, so they feel great about it because it's our money. You know, But in any private enterprise, a 35% payback ratio, that's a, that's a
3: disaster. Yeah. Well, you'd see a different thing if the schools had to finance these loans out of their own capital. You'd, you'd, you'd see immediate change. Absolutely. Well, I
2: think one mistake uh, investors are making, though, is that they're lumping them all together, and they're not all the same. Some of these schools are not providing a good education are having high dropout rates. The Students are defaulting on their loans. And then there are others that are doing a fine job. We own Bridgepoint Education in Million Dollar Portfolio. It's a company that we think is doing a better job than the rest, and the stock happens to be pretty darn
0: cheap as a result of being thrown out with the bathwater. Um, so, you know, can't lump them all together. So, I, I mean, it sounds like, obviously, the, the, there was a bump up in the stocks, so good for the stocks today. But in terms of the industry overall, Um, It sounds like the the regulations could stand to be a bit tighter. You know,
1: the cynic in me just wonders how in the world these standards are – were ever thought to be stringent. You know, I mean, I guess they're weaker than what they thought they were going to be. Well, what were they going to be?
3: 45%. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) That's – Well, you know, and part of the other is uh, your loan payments as a balance of your income. So, supposedly, going to school is an investment where you're going to increase your earnings power, and they want to monitor uh, your loan repayments against your uh, future income and, you know, make sure that if you're not providing a good education, the student's income is not going to go up. And so they would be penalized in the long run. But this is a monitoring problem as well. I don't see how this is even enforceable. The schools self report, and they self report based on surveys and. You've got all sorts of reporting issues. Absolutely.
0: So, yeah. Sticking with education, three Ivy League professors, one from Cornell and two from Columbia, say they have devised a model that can establish in real time whether stock prices in a market are doomed to collapse. They say there was a bubble in shares of LinkedIn during the first four days of its No, <laughs> I know. I know. We're, I mean, it's amazing. Ivy League, uh, yeah. Well, who are we to judge? Exactly. You know? um, if they're right about this, though, Ron, I mm-hmm. mean, investors – could benefit in a big way. You you buying this model? You, I'm not a quant model guy. I think the way to make money in
2: the stock market is through hard work <laughs> and research, not uh, running things just through uh, a. swipe why black you're not an Ivy model. League guy, dude. Exactly. <laughs> so here's the thing: the, the the bubble that they think they can they can identify, it's based on volatility. Um, so of course LinkedIn it was had high volatility in the early days of trading, so they think that it identifies a, a bubble. Uh, I don't see the correlation. Actually, I don't know the details behind the model. But volatility and overpriced stocks are not necessarily hand in hand. A stock could move up and down all day long and still be cheap. Um, so I don't, I don't see how the two equate. And I, I think it's you know this is the kind of thing that works right up until it doesn't work.
0: Bill. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, if you the you know, the history does not repeat itself, but maybe it rhymes. You know, perhaps where this <laughs> perhaps where this would be useful is, you know, for example, for the Federal Reserve to be able to track like housing prices, for example, to be able to figure out, you know, commodities, you know, that sort of thing. But something like this going out into the market You know, the bubble, you know, the last bubble, the the dot-com bubble, if you will, had very little in common with the housing bubble. I mean, in terms of rapidity, in terms of, you know, what the inputs were. And so if you're trying to fit things into a bubble, you know what? The next next bubble
3: won't look like this by definition. Beware experts bearing complicated models. (laughs) I
0: think we've all learned that. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) And finally, First Lady Michelle Obama, along with the Surgeon General, held a news conference today and unveiled a new icon for healthy eating. The food pyramid is gone, and the new design called MyPlate was on display. It is a plate split into four sections uh, for fruit, vegetables, grains, and protein, with a smaller circle next to it for dairy. Uh, I, I just how many s- meetings do you think it took to come up with? That? <laughs> to come up with <laughs> was that, plate? like a ten-minute meeting. I don't know. I don't, Personally, I'm a little shocked because, I mean, the food pyramid, that goes back to when I was a kid. I, I
1: know. This is awfully tough for the pyramid companies, don't I, you think? It's <laughs> a- awfully tough. The Lux are in Vegas is <laughs> in
0: trouble. But who, like, who are the winners and losers here? I mean, it uh, seems like fr- s- fruits and vegetables are the big winners. I mean, well, yeah, and the plate guys. <laughs> losers? What do you think, Ron? Deliciousness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Taste. Taste is the loser.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess the fruit and vegetable lobby is is stronger than,
0: um, than the the, like, the fiber lobby and the, <laughs> and the protein lobby. And the, for, exactly. I yeah. mean, I'm I'm all for the first lady's fight against childhood obesity. It's, it it is a very real problem in America, but. I don't know. I just, uh, I, I'm just concerned that the. Frankly, I'm concerned that the plate is too small because there. You know, you look at the yeah, plate. Was, if you look at the icon, there's there's no dessert. There's no, <laughs> like, where's the snack part of this? <laughs> <part? laughs> <Well,
2: laughs> you've obviously never had a really ripe honeydew. <laughs> See, they're delicious. It's oh, not come chocolate. on,
0: come <laughs> on! You're comparing ripe honeydew melon to, to like a delicious snack. Yeah. Trade to fudge ripple ice cream. <laughs> Tell you sure. what. So if the first lady comes to you and says, you know what, Charlie. I, yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make your plate a little bit bigger. You get to add one thing, or you could double down on one of these, you know, five items. Kale. <laughs> yeah. What what, Kale what are you ships. going with? She doesn't know what she's getting into.
3: I, I'm currently on a 4,000 calorie a day diet. I need probably two or three plates, not just an extra portion.
0: <laughs> so multiple plates. Yeah, like way.
3: a like a plate with a rack of ribs beside it.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, Ron, what about Have you? Have
2: you ever had one of those burgers where instead of the bun, it's a Krispy Kreme donut on each side, glazed donut? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. That's <laughs> what I'm adding right in the upper left-hand corner. This from
0: the guy who was just singing the virtues of honeydew melody? <laughs> well, I like melon. A nice honeydew. I can't, you know. Oh, my Lord. Uh, Bill, man, what about you? Wait, 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 wait. What? <laughs> <laughs> We've
2: actually served them here at the Fool during a barbecue outings yeah. where they bring in donuts. They slice them in half, and instead of the bun, you got a donut on each side.
0: Okay, but you can make these at home. Th- there's not a restaurant currently serving these. What part of the pyramid was that on? Like that didn't up, come off the, the pyramid, section, right? In the upper left right. Hey, th- you know that, that reminds me of the uh, the double down sandwich from uh, from KFC. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was scary. Yeah. yeah. Good gosh. I mean, if that's the way you ate, I'm going to have to say
1: that, like the you know the heart paddles people. I mean, those are the ones who are in trouble with the whole plate thing. man, I I, you know I got to go bacon.
3: I stand by my J and J comment from earlier in the call. (laughs) (laughs) Stents all the way. But bacon, I mean, you could fit
0: bacon into the protein part
3: of your. Don't I'm doubling down on the bacon. You're doubling down. I ate half a pack of bacon yesterday morning.
0: It was great. (laughs) Half a pack of bacon. Yeah. Did you eat anything else? Three eggs. How are you not? I mean, obviously this clear. Is, <laughs> I mean, for those of you listening, uh, obviously it's not a video podcast. But Charlie, I mean, Charlie's a fit guy. Yeah. that's like high protein man. How are, do you just exercise all the time that you're not yeah. wolfing down bacon and eggs? Yeah,
3: feed the beast. That's right.
1: God,
0: your 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 meals involve like livestock. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Travers, Ron Gross, Bill Man, Guys, thanks for being here. Thanks, Chris. Thanks. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Be sure to check out Motley Fool Money this weekend. <laughs> Former mob insider Louis Ferrante is our guest, talking about what legitimate business people can learn from the mafia. You do not mo- want to miss this one. That's Motley Fool Money on iTunes, online, and on radio stations across America. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Half a pack of bacon, yep. plus plus buttered toast. I forgot that part. <sighs> and you wash this down with what? That's uh,
3: coffee. That's cow, eggs, and pig—a yeah. single meal. <laughs> That—that's my food. Point. That is. Fabulous Yeah Quartered cow egg pork Like old McDonald Like he's singing
1: It's basically about Charlie's breakfast
0: (laughs) Wow
1: Three eggs
0: Uh, You know what That just leaves more Honeydew melon for Ron
1: (laughs) (laughs) I like honeydew melon Sue me